Today's episode of the podcast that we still haven't named with Ryan Rosillo is brought to you, as always, by ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent, like Duke. They just went and got great talent. Now they're a number one seed. They have a generational player in Zion. Um, that was easy. You know what else is easy? ZipRecruiter. They deliver qualified candidates fast. They understand talent. So effective, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. My listeners can try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, Yahoo Sports. It's the middle of March. Madness is here. As soon as you know who you're picking, head to Yahoo Sports, fill out your free bracket for a chance to have America's best bracket. This year, it's worth a, it's $1 million. $1 million, that's, Kyle. That's a payday right I'm gonna there. You have to fill one out. Remember, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be the best. Someone has been going to be the closest. Someone's going to win. Might as well be you. Join the rest of the country for a chance at a million dollars. Sign up for Tourney Pick'em. Get started. Go to yahoo.com slash best bracket to get picking. Uh, our One Shiny Podcast crew, they did a podcast last night right after the brackets came out. Mark Titus wrote about his favorite scenarios for the ringer.com today. And on the Ringer's Twitter feed, we are doing a live bracket show that is about to happen by the time you hear this podcast. It will have already happened. But you can go on our Twitter, uh, which is at Ringer, and watch it if you want to see those guys make fun of each other. And you, What's Tate's back situation like these days? Is it brutal? I, I mean, he's upright. He looks good to me. Okay, good. All right. Tate's in, Tate's in rounding into madness form. So we got that. We have uh, also, speaking of Titus, his old AAU teammate, once upon a time, Mike Conley is on this uh, latest episode of Winging It with with uh, Bays and VC and Annie. So check that out. We have new rewatchables coming this week. I think, I don't know what day it's going up, but we did The Natural, which I used to think was the greatest sports movie of all time. Not so sure now, but me and Mallory Rubin did one of the all-time deep dives. And uh, it was way racier than I thought it was going to be. I got to be honest. <laughs> this is almost an R-rated podcast. There's a lot of talk about Roy Hobbs' sex life. Um, I, it's all over the map. We tried to figure out his stats, which I tried to do in 2001 for page two's ESPN, uh, ESPN.com, and uh, realized 18 years later that I screwed it up when I tried to figure out the stats. So we did a better job of that this time around. Also try to figure out if it is still the greatest baseball movie of all time or if it's something else. But uh, this was a great podcast. Mallory really brought it to the table. I, th I think she's been watching too much Game of Thrones. Coming up, we're going to talk to Ryan Rossillo for the weekly edition of our NBA talk. Um, we have some possible names for this for this pot. I'm going to throw it in. But before we get to that, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Ryan Rosillo is here. We do this every week through mid-July. He also hosts Dual Threat, a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, March Madness, let's just get it over with in 10 seconds. I don't care about your bracket. You don't care about mine. Um, neither of us have any idea who's going to win. It'll be really fun to watch Duke. And that's those are all my opinions. Yeah, the only thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, this... The college basketball guys that are real college basketball guys, and I used to be one, yeah. and now I'm just not. I, I watch all NBA games, and then 
I try to throw on an NBA lottery picks game whenever I can. Like yes. when it went a month or so before I'd seen John ja Moran, I'm like, all right, we, we need to get some eyes on this guy. So for college basketball guys to hear all of us talk about how bad the seating is because we watch basketball for one it's, week. It's, it's got to it, like it, just kill them. It must be the worst. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm thinking of specific people just screaming about Michigan State seating. And you're like, you literally watched the Big Ten tournament. And now you're, you haven't looked at like any of the other 30 games. You don't know yeah. any of the resumes and your outrage. And that's the other thing, too, is that with the seating, let's say 30 of the arguments, they're personal and they're completely isolated. They're your argument. You're 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 one. You're mad. You're so pissed off that you're a six and not a five. And you're completely ignoring like what the other 30 moving pieces are besides the automatic bids. Yeah, I turned 50 this year. And in some ways, I love sports exactly how I used to. And then in other ways, I'm just having done the lap year after year, just kind of like, eh. What's the lap? The lap is just like every year we do this. And it's the same arguments and the same things. And then we get to the actual tournament. It's like, oh, my God, a 13 beat a four. It's like, yeah, these kids are 19 and 20. It's they, one game. They, they don't know what the fuck's going to happen 10 minutes from now, these kids. Right. So it's so to... To make to make like you actually know what's going to happen with 19, 20, and twenty one year old kids is insane, and it took me years and years to realize that. Yeah. But like Sal, we always talk. He wants to do a thousand bets. He'll do these parlays with the higher seeds, and one of them will blow it, and he's like outraged. It's like, what'd you expect? These kids are they're babies. No, that's that's the best part of it, and and that that four days, the the Thursday, Friday, and the Saturday and Sunday, it really is. My favorite I love thing. It. It, it. It's so much fun. I don't know if there's anything in sports I like better than that. But I don't take it personally. I don't, I don't get like well, when doing people this get job, outraged. Right. Doing this job. Like, I, I don't how are they care. a five seed? They right. shouldn't have been higher than seven. It's like, who cares? Come on. Right. That's kind of how Just I stop. feel. Just wait till Thursday. And we can look at dirt, uh, you know, certain regions and be like, okay, this one. I just don't know that you understand what it's like to be in that room and try to place these 64 slash 68 teams. And I, I hate that it's the extra four. I hate that people are like, no, you better get That's your bracket on too. Tuesday. Yeah, round like, one no. starts Tuesday. Yeah, it's like, no, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah, it no, starts on Thursday. No, never mind. Stop yeah. pretending. Um, the lap thing, though, is is really good because it does play back into the whole, like, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? And when you looked at the bubble this year, the bubble was so bad. And when people start saying, well, look at the expansion of the other leagues and look at how college football has expanded, you know, people that want to double this up, I don't need a 10 and 18 team in there. I just don't. That that had a decent, you know, conference uh, in, a, in, a, in a tougher conference. So I, I like I'm talking about this as a guy that knew he was just peering in at college basketball sporadically throughout the season for for Titus and Tate. They must lose their minds. They must lose their minds. listening to people the last 24 hours. I can, you could talk me into like 96 before I w agreed to 68. Why do you want 96? Well, it's just though? like 68 so stupid. At that point, just have like 128 or 96 and just have a whole extra right. round. Like I think Seton Hall at 6 and 12 was sneaky tough. <laughs> you know, like I don't I don't want to have I don't want to see Billis arguing 6 and 12 Seton Hall with anybody. Yeah. And the old days when <laughs> so when I was a kid, I think it was 32. And that was dad, right before I got my dad it, went right. to Holy Cross, which is where I ended up going. But Holy Cross was good in the 70s. And, you know, when Holy Cross used to be awesome at everything. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. um, but they made it and I think they advanced. I can't even remember at this point. It was 40 years ago, but they but it was like a big deal to make the 32. And then if you advance, it's like you're, you're four wins away from winning the title all of a sudden. You know, now it's like, I don't know. 
That's anyway, look, I still I, I still don't get outraged by it. I still love it. I'm with you. I don't get outraged, but the lap thing is is really good because when you sit there and you'll think, like I heard somebody saying, if Kay doesn't win with this group, it'll be the worst season he's ever had. And you're like, wait a minute, they're they're all babies. And as great as Zion is, and it was so much fun. I watched like Zion was appointment watching this entire week. Whatever I was doing, I was like, I gotta make sure I'm there to watch like his, Zion. I we're but gonna talk about him right, in a little bit. But they can't shoot, they have no bench. They had this white one white kid that comes out whose only role is to be scared the whole time now. And are we sure Coach K can still coach really well? I couldn't believe how well it was without Zion in the second UNC game, but I was really how does he surprised. How recruit, recruit more three point shooters in 2019? Normally, I think he has had it covered. How do you like not his, have like four white dudes who all they can do is hit 25 footers? And that's well, the it. problem is when you're going to get the number one, number three, and number four pick perhaps in the draft and you bring them in. So go, uh, go. But I get, actually, I haven't liked Barrett and Reddish as much, but I know we're going to do all the Zion stuff later. How do they not go to, how does he not go to like Evansville and just find some, some kid who made 27 threes in a row and some division two high school? I don't know. I, Cause he's, it's crazy. Cause he's probably looking around and he's looking at his bench. He goes, I don't have one guy that's absolutely hated by the entire country. This is weird. <laughs> what did, what do we do wrong? I was reading Titus's uh, bracket preview today and he was talking about Purdue is playing, um, I think Villanova or somebody in round two, potentially it's, it's two teams that jack up a ton of threes. And I was thinking like, this was the easiest way for Holy Cross to come back. If, if you just like just an, an entire team of three point shooters, that's all you're doing is looking for kids around the country that shoot threes and you shoot like 50 threes a game. Like has money ball, has Mori ball trickled into college basketball that way yet? Cause we've seen the super gimmicky version in like div two. But it has a college, has like a mid-level college team just said, screw it. We're shooting 63s a game. That one, I don't know. I don't know that. Seems like it head. would be a decent plan for a Holy Cross, yeah, right? This or like a like Lehigh. A, sounds more like a Holy Cross segment. Or no, no, like or Pepperdine. <laughs> like one of these whack schools that never makes it. Hey, you're going to Pepperdine. Them. You're going to look at the beach every day and we're taking 63s Pepperdine's a game. The yeah, right. that's great. That's like you could sell that. Um, I have a couple... We have a lot to get to today. Oh, about the lap. Let's just quickly on the I lap. I love the lap. I Thanks. like this theory. Well, it's not even a theory. It's a real thing. It's another a scheduling thing, of events to complain about. Another thing I don't get bent out of shape anymore. That I just, I've done the lap too many times at the NCA. We're not changing the NCA. It's not happening. So you you joke about this on Twitter all the time. This the Zion stuff the last couple of weeks is incredible. These these uh, sports activists. Yes. Zion. She, he doesn't owe them anything. It's like, yeah, Zion likes playing basketball and he likes his teammates. We've talked about this before. Yeah, what a what a fucking concept. We're not changing the NCAA. It's never happening. I've done the lap now a million times with Goodell in the NFL. And I was really in it, obviously. And it ended up uh, from a career standpoint, maybe cost me a couple of times. But do you regret any of that? I don't. All right. Because I but, was going to say, you, as you say, like, oh, it cost me a little bit. Uh, like, yeah. It cost me money. I'm still, I'm still focused on the two-week salary I lost. Um, but we're never changing the NFL the way we would want to change it. They're never really going to care. They're going to pretend they care. They're never really going to care. They're never really going to make it that much safer. And ultimately, these guys are making the decision to play in the NFL. And you get paid. And I, I just give up. Well, I've already given up. 
on that. So that's one. what I'm saying. Yeah, I've yeah. done the lap, and now yeah. now it's like all right. Well, some dude. of the Roger Goodell stuff that comes out now, and I don't know if this is okay to say it. Like one time, I wrote this thing when I filled in for Oberman, where I kind of made a point where I stuck up for Goodell, and the writers were like, "Hey, we're kind of the show that doesn't stick up for Goodell. <laughs> so can you not have that be in your monologue? Can you tweet but, that? Um, it just it just has turned to this thing, like anything, like oh, you know." Kareem Hunt, and here we go again. Like, what's up, Roger? And you go, you know, Roger's the one that's, he's not hitting anybody. Like, you guys understand that, right? Yeah. And when they're like, I think Charles Pierce had a piece up recently that goes the double standard with NFL owners and players. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. So the people in charge have a different conduct policy than yeah. the guys that work for him? No way. That's crazy. What, a, like, where, which country is this report from? So mm -hmm. I'm, I don't think the people are necessarily wrong to point it out but i like you have given up on some of this stuff like i don't know and the ncaa will slowly give in a little bit more and a little bit more no no i think the money is so right but i think some of the money stuff but it's like it, the mafia but for the entire structure to be torn down which is really what my whole zion point was it was the sports activists weren't thinking about zion they were thinking how can something happen that damages the ncaa that i don't like so i want the ncaa to be ruined so i want something bad to happen to them i want zion to not play that hurts the ncaa i feel better about myself and it's like yeah but you've completely ignored the part where the guy who plays sports his whole life likes playing sports and wants to actually try and, to win a championship yeah, and wants Weird. to create memories for the rest of his life the time he won a national championship imagine being a college kid imagine being a freshman and being him the best player in the country and going, eh, I'm just going to jump on boxes and post it on Instagram for the next few months to get ready for the draft. And I don't want to watch that on TV because I have a chance to go do that and dominate. But I don't want it. But where does this end? So now let's say Zion decides he's not going to play in the NCAA tournament, doesn't want to. Somebody's going to do it. Becomes, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Zion becomes the number one pick. And then he's like, you know what? I'm not I'm I'm only making like nine years the number one pick. But five years from now, I can make 40. So I'm going to take it easy these five years, too. I'll see you when I'm age 27. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Anthony Davis Pelicans routine. Hey, I'm just I'm gonna play limited minutes, 25 minutes a game. We'll get a lot of lottery picks, and then when I get paid, that's when I'm really gonna try. All like, when this, do we stop? No, but seriously, this, like, this is all the stuff. And I remember like one time when I brought it up, and it was like, oh, you know, I just whenever we I think about some of these things, I think like, where does that end? And then I get pulled aside at, at ESPN. And they were like, you know, just be careful with the way you phrase that because it has a lot to do with um, segregation in the 50s, that phrase of when it is. I go, wait a minute. So now we're doing that. I go, we're doing that. So if I have like a, if I have a parent teacher conference, don't have a kid. But if I had one yeah. and said, hey, you know, I just think it's like for the greater good. Does that mean I'm Mao Zedong? Like what, what, <laughs> what are we doing here on the, like I actually got pulled aside for phrasing of something. And then that meant like, eh, you know, a little dicey there. Mississippi. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I think what you just said is a great, like further examining the tipping point of this of, and I don't know who came up with load management, but it's horrible. But if Zion decides, you know, it's really about the second deal. So I'm like, I'm whoever drafts me. And then he decides right. it's about the third deal. <laughs> yeah. I go, I want to be capped at 50. I read it. I read a really good article on true hoop. Yeah. And I want to play like 50 games max a season the first so five I'm years. I'm only going to make 40 million my right. first four years. Really Why would it. I? But I right. could make 240. Why do I want to risk it? It's all I so know, I mean, look, stupid. It's, I know this sounds stupid, but th these are the kind of things I think of too, where I go, there has to be a point where you go, oh, wait, that actually might be bad. That might be bad. Well, we're at this point with the Zion thing. 
And but it didn't there's happen. There's no debate. It's going People to are like, happen. well, it's a healthy debate. It's like, no, it's not. It's not a healthy debate to tell somebody who's 100% to not play basketball when he loves to play basketball. There's nothing healthy about that. He's going to make 300 plus million dollars with his shoe contract. Zion's fine. Don't don't bring the violins out for Zion. The contract, the shoe contract that he signs will be the biggest we've ever had. And maybe, well, they you can't say. There's probably somebody else coming who's going to be maybe even greater than him, but he's certainly the best prospect since LeBron. I have him over Davis now. Okay, so that's, do we want to just do this then? No, no, I want to, I, right. I have two more lap things I want to throw you. Okay. NBA All-Star Weekend, I'm done. I don't want to have any, I've tried, I try to save it for the entire 2000s. <laughs> Horse, slam dunk, no, bring amateurs, N- I'm NBA out, groupies, I'm done. The NBA groupies, I'm female done. game. You know what, it's gonna, it's Is gonna be. Is that outdated now? Can you not say that? Which one? When you said you should just have a, uh, five on five female groupies play each other in the game's MVP gets a chance to sleep with whatever player. Was that, is that uncool now? Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Was that back in my archives? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I have to apologize for that one. <laughs> I don't think I said that. Uh, we got to get research. We got to oh, get Jesus. the IT team on this. Um, I swear to God, you. well, how would I remember that wrong? Because I remember thinking how funny it was. And yeah. now maybe I yeah, have That to was back in the days when people yeah. could be funny. No, it's like, yeah, anything, <laughs> yeah, three years ago, <laughs> we were good. <laughs> All-Star game I'm done. Here's another thing I'm done with. And this is a personal example for something that's happened this weekend. Soccer, the penalty kicks. None of us like it, but nobody's been able to come up with a better solution. My daughter just lost the National Cup on Saturday. This game, they dominate second half. They dominate extra time. The other team's coaches start subbing to basically get to PKs because the odds are better. Get to PKs. I think 16 kids kick. Before oh we finally lost. We eight K I mean, it was like the first five were tied because the third round and we lost and it was devastating. Everybody's crying. Did you cry? I didn't cry. I was I felt really I'm bad. I'm not for, gonna judge you or think less of I you. Felt I just really wanted bad. to know the full My story. My daughter was really upset. So yeah. when your kid's really upset, it it definitely hurts. Um I don't know how else we could have done it. What are they gonna play for four hours? I get, the only other move is maybe you remove two kids and maybe you go nine nine nine, but then I don't know. So my point is, I've done the lap on the soccer thing a thousand. I don't, there's no solution. Like penalty kicks suck, and that's just the way we have to do it. What other laps do you have? The college football expanding thing. That, you know, whenever that happens, and it's like, oh, we left everybody out, or we left. I still think it's kind of silly. The con, the conference presidents agreed to something where it's like, do you guys realize that no matter what happens every year, like one, maybe two of you are going to screwed, get right. screwed on this, and you're agreeing to this at a time, but they move in slow motion um, with everything they do, but I don't really know that I want eight. And every time it comes up, it's because like, if we're doing bracket busting and last four in and last four out with college basketball, those are teams 69 through 72. I can't even fathom what it would be like if we go to eight in college football and then it's like team 13 thinks they have an argument. Right. And to me, you're like, that's what the 12 games were for. The force seems like it's worked pretty well. Yeah. People would rather have eight. People would rather have eight. So I'm not, if eight could happens, you go I'm six not going to And freak. have a bye week for the top two. You could, you could, but like that'll people, probably happen. People look at UCF and go, it's, it's a shame. Like I'm not that guy. I go, this is a chance to play for the national championship. 
and there shouldn't be five automatic bids and then the best non-five. Because some years that team that's in the best non-five, is you're going to be like, what are we doing here with this yeah. team? So that's one. College football recruiting is another one. No matter how they change the date, another coach does some sit down with a writer who's like, actually, the way they should do it is this way. And if they did it that way and changed it, then next week, another coach from a different conference would go, well, the problem with this is because it's just no one's aligned. So that's why sometimes you just have to be harsh and go, here's the date. Everyone shut up. Sorry that there are problems with it. You know, like it's almost like a budget plan with some of this stuff. Right. Like if I had to write up a budget plan for the town I lived in, there's no question that people could pick apart 20 different things in it. But it's like you're only it's almost like the beginning of this conversation. You're only looking at your team seating and your team's argument and all these things. And uh, that's, that's why this stuff is hard. That's why this stuff is hard to come to any consensus whatsoever. I don't have to do a budget plan, though, so I'm not worried about it. I'm trying to think if I have anything else for a lap. I wish it by I've given up on this too, but I wish the World Cup was more frequent than every four years. I've but heard all that, the reasons for it and I've kind of given up on fighting for it, but it just feels like logistically that's not it, it's not an I'm asking this. I don't know. I wish the Olympics and the World Cup were every three years. And I, I've said this over and over again, and it will never change in our lifetime. But it just seems like everybody loves those two things. They're this great litmus test for what countries matter? Like, why do we have to wait four years to find out who the fastest person is? Do you feel less, less about yourself as an American when we don't do as well in the Olympics? No, I don't care. Right. But then, well, that was weird. That you I used to said, care. I used to count them up. Be like, ah, oh, Russia. I remember 84. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Those wusses from Russia didn't yeah. show up. We're right. dominating. And then I remember my father reading me excerpts of like Russia had their own Olympics in 84 when they decided not to show up. And they were like smoking us in certain events. You'd be like, oh my God, this guy just threw the shot put so much further. Like, because yeah. Russia just had like their own little deal. Um, oh, speaking of that, that's another lap that I'm done with. I don't care about the Baseball Hall of Fame anymore. I used to like really, really care. And it led to a bunch of pieces I wrote on ESPN.com. And then the book of basketball was uh, Wally Ramsey's idea to blow up the Baseball Hall of Fame. How did that work for basketball? All these guys should be in. And the fact that they're not in has ruined the Hall of Fame for me. I can't believe I could go to Cooperstown and Barry Bonds. There's just no record of him playing baseball or Roger Clemens or A-Rod. These guys just aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame. What the fuck is the point? Just put it on their plaque. How hard is this? Yeah. The, the Rose one I actually have an issue with. Pete Rose? Yeah, I would never want him in. But I he should wouldn't. be in in some form. He had the most hits. But what does that mean? Like, does it mean, like, I've been a couple times. What's the point of the Hall of Fame? It's to learn everything about. I actually so like, if we had I music Hall of Fame, Michael Hall Jackson's Fame. out. Because uh, he's, because, because of the, all the stuff. Let's leave it at that. But so now Michael Jackson's out. Like, at some point, the Hall of Fame is a museum where you go and you learn about what the sport or the genre or whatever you're there for. It's the so you want to wing, it. but see, like that's the thing is I don't need instructions. Like I know when I show up, Barry isn't there. I would vote for those guys. I would never vote for Pete. Uh, but do we really think these guys were the only people that cheated at sports? We don't think NBA stars have done PEDs. Yeah, but that's we that's, don't think okay, NFL yeah, players asking, have done PEDs. Like, yeah, but why, why are we singling out these dudes? Out? Right, but that's stupid. That's what? hearsay versus like absolute proof. We don't have proof with some of these guys. Bonds, not a. Who's the who's the one we don't told like Ortiz was in that New York Times thing, but we don't know if he actually we just know it was like a substance. We don't know what it Ortiz was. Ortiz always always gotten a pass, which is always kind of weird. But Ortiz I'm, might not get in because he was in that New York Times thing. I don't know. It feels like the public never takes like shots at him the way that they do other guys. 
Like that when Piazza got in, it was like, well, he might not get in because, you know, it was like we think he might have taken steroids, right, so he's doing, not going to get in now? Yeah, but that's, I think the whole baseball thing is like far more obvious, even if there's not just, hey, here's a positive piss test in front of you. Where basketball, we just don't talk about the sport that way. It's it's harder for us to register, like, wait a minute, why is this guy, like, we don't have these years where all of a sudden a guy who scored eight a game scored 28 a game. But do you think you the just, baseball guys did anything wrong? There, uh, were, there was no rule before 2004. Like they did not actually probably would have. They didn't break a rule. It well, the baseball rule and and law are two different things, aren't they? But like, so if somebody corks their bat, or, you, or like Gaylord Perry, like he broke rules too. Like I'm not even anti the steroid guys. I, I really am not. But I I can understand how like when I go through and look at some of the records, like I was looking at Baseball Reference the other day. I was just going through it. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I just remember being in the backyard and knowing every one of those numbers. And I was like, that's funny. I don't know those numbers anymore because I don't care. And so I could understand an old school baseball guy being like, I don't want to vote for these dudes or this generation of guys that kind of threw chaos in this whole thing. I personally would vote for him. I know that if I went and saw a plaque of a guy, I would know the difference. I would I just again, like I don't need my hand held. Well, what if it came out? Stuff. What if it came out that multiple NBA stars, there was some whole PD thing, some biogenesis clinic somewhere, and these guys bought whatever. And now we know if they were the best players, I would I would still want them. I mean, look, everybody gets into the basketball hall of fame. There's part of me that actually respects the baseball hall of fame a little bit more, not because of the steroid thing, because it's just harder to get into. I like that it's harder to get David into. David West is going to be a basketball hall of famer. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> Marcus Smart might make it. I don't know what the bottom threshold if you, is. For, if you like started a, on a conference finalist, you might make the basketball hall of fame. If you're 15 years in the league yeah. and, and you want a title in the NBA. Lou it, Williams, hall of famer. <laughs> when you said David West, I had to go. <laughs> Wait a second. Is it, Antoine is Jameson might make the hall of fame. He might, because I don't know what his total numbers are, but like, I don't, I'd have to go and look at like some of the numbers. Like Vince Carter for a while, like everybody loves Vince Carter now, Vince Carter's in. Yeah. When it was five years ago, before it just turned into like a love fest that he was still out there and playing. Yeah. I'm like, what's his playoff moment? What's like Vince Carter's going to get in. But to me, at what point, like Vince Carter was a fun dunker, but beyond that, it, you didn't, he wasn't scary. 20,000 points. And Oh, I know he's in. I no, know no, he's no totally I'm, just, in. I'm, I'm trying to do the resume. Really, really. Uh, I think him and C-Web were probably the two guys from the last 20 years that I just feel like their career should have been better. And C-Web at least had the whole run with the Kings and he was first team All-NBA. Like VC was never first team All-NBA. He was never, I don't think, a top three or four MVP candidate. I can't think of a year that he was because at first he comes on the scene and you're like, this is awesome, right? Those first few years are so much fun with Vince. And then the first real controversy he had was the graduation thing. You know, when I don't think we realized like how bad the East was. Like we thought the East was bad. Some of the more the recent. Celtics almost made it the next year. That was one of the worst. I mean, that, that <laughs> was. It was bad. I would say the last 500 two years. team. But like I look back at some of those teams and we were like, we were so excited about Milwaukee. And you're like, wow. Like I Wait, I have thoughts on this. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a break to talk about To Kill a Mockingbird. You might remember Academy Award winner Aaron Sorkin, the legend, was on this show earlier this year discussing his long career and all the great movies and television shows he made, including The West Wing, Social Network, A Few Good Men. 
Well, he also discussed his new play on Broadway, which is an adaptation of one of my daughter's favorite books, Harper Lee's Pulitzer Prize winning To Kill a Mockingbird. Since Aaron was last on the show, To Kill a Mockingbird had set a record as the highest grossing American play in Broadway history, selected as a critic's pick by the New York Times, called one of the great plays in history by NPR. Two-time Emmy Award winner Jeff Daniels from the newsroom and Dumb and Dumber. That's how I know yeah, him as well. definitely. Uh, he stars live on stage as Atticus Finch. Variety said it's one of the greatest stage successes of this or any Broadway season. Has not played to a single empty seat. My daughter and my wife are going to be in New York City this spring. I I can't get tickets. I have to ask Aaron Sorkin. Be like, hey, remember <laughs> we did that podcast? Could I have some tickets? To Kill Mockingbird, one of Broadway's hottest tickets in a long time. Yeah, it's tough to get over the next few weeks, but good seats are available directly from the show's website for performances beginning this June. So if you want to go over the summer, go to the show's official website address to kill a mockingbird broadway.com. I think when we, when we talk about, uh, when we talk about the NBA sometimes, and especially with the NBA, I noticed this when I was doing my book and now these last 10 years, now that there's been another talent explosion and you kind of look back at, you know, you talk about that 2000 to 2003 stretch. There was another really bad stretch, I think, in the mid-2000s um, where the league kind of ebbs and flows with the talent for whatever reason. And like that Milwaukee team, it was Ray Allen, Big Dog Glenn Robinson, Sam Cassell. Those That was like their kind of big three. Not really that great. That team really should have made the finals in, in 2001. They won 50. They were the two seed. They won 52 games. Yeah. And again, that's that Sixers team. That's one of the great Stern might have, don't know if he fixed it, but definitely uh, the referees were instructed to call certain things certain ways series. Philly shot, I think, like 90 more free throws in that series than Milwaukee. Something like that, 85. But yeah, yeah. it was a seven seven game series. Yeah, like I I remember being excited about these teams, and now when I think about the depth, and sometimes this is kind of being caught up not in the moment. So it's Ray Cassell and Tim Thomas was on that team, right? But you know whatever Lindsey Hunter. But think about the O three finals, Bernie Johnson. O three finals, the Spurs beat the Nets. Spurs Duncan's their only like Hall of Famer All NBA guy in the team. Stephen Jackson. Really young Parker, really young Manu, and a broken down David Robinson. And they ended up beating the Nets, who had J.K., Kittles, Kenny Martin, Richard Jefferson, Todd McCullough. Like that, the teams, I just think the teams now are so have so yeah, much think more about talent. That team on paper. And I don't like doing the time traveling thing too much because I still think there's just a three point part of it where you go. I can't imagine what guys, if you, if you did the time machine, yeah, thing, yeah, you dropped them into a game, they would go like whatever. But if you just looked at it from like a talent on paper and you put that team in the East today, and that's the thing that I kind of like about this year's the whole season is that the top teams in the East are are awesome. Like I think these teams top, are all really good. Top four. It, three and a half, maybe. Top four and then... It's really a shame Oladipo got totally. hurt because I really think that I think we would add a top five. Um, You're still counting the Celtics, huh? Yeah, why not? How long did it take us, Kyle, to get to the Celtics? No, I, I don't want to talk about the Celtics. Good. I, what did you learn from the Philly Milwaukee game yesterday? Great question. I, here's the my number one lesson. Was, so you'll go first. No, no. I just I'm just <laughs> this just wouldn't be it. in your top three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
Go ahead. I think I, Malcolm Brogdon's just really good, and I'm shocked by how much they miss him in a game like that. What did you learn? Two things. Uh, I keep watching Philly trying to figure out how they're going to figure it out, and what I've realized is this is what it's going to be. It's just every, it's just going to be right. You and never that's, know. That's kind of the point. And, like, and yesterday was clearly let's get Butler going. Right, and let's, Butler was really good against Sacramento really too. Good. So he's had a good week. And his overall numbers, if you just looked at his numbers, you go like, what's the point? What's the problem with Jimmy Butler? Like, look at these numbers. 19 a game. The, the shooting's okay. Less shots. Uh, I just think there's going to be nights where he looks bad or Simmons looks bad or maybe Tobias. And Tobias' shot numbers are still pretty good. But Embiid's consistently always going to get his. The rest of those guys are just going to be a collection where they're just going to have to deal with the disappointment of having a bad night, and that's how it's going to look through the rest of the regular season, and that's how it's going to look through the playoffs. And expecting this thing to miraculously gel in some way where everybody's getting theirs and everybody's playing off of each other, I don't think that's ever going to happen, and that's okay. It's still okay. It still may work. Based on what you just said right now, uh, first round, they're down 2-1, there's five minutes left, and they're playing who, Brooklyn? Detroit. Uh, yeah, the Detroit jump. But they're Detroit. Got jumped. Nobody can believe this series. They're down 2-1. Detroit, the crowd's going nuts. Five minutes left. Who's the I got this guy in Philly? Who says I got this at that moment? I feel like it's Jimmy Butler. Well, Jimmy is least... the most experienced, kind of confident guy in, in a situation where things are unraveling. Yeah, for Jimmy, I, I think it'll be him looking at, okay, who's checking me here? Because really, if you look at those two matchups, I think Brooklyn would have more options check them um you know simmons may go hey let me just let me get let's get Embiid out and i'm gonna go post somebody i mean i actually like that i like that from simmons all the time no but Embiid is like you know if I they send to- a double at Embiid and Embiid tries to dribble like that's the only like i have two minor knocks on Embiid. the three pointers are outrageous it's he's shooting 12 percent this month on him i think he was 29 percent last outrageous. month and it's he almost should- like five attempts now i was looking at it this morning so banned those threes. Now you can make an argument that that up fake. I can't believe how many bigs show and bite for his up fake at the three point line. Like Something they go it. for it. Spooky. It's slow. It's yeah. hypnotizing. So it does actually allow him to use that up fake. I mean, it sounds insane at his size, like seven two up fake, like shot fake into dribble drive from the three point line. But it works. So I don't know if there's a part of you where you go, let's let him take a couple to keep everybody honest. But. If he just took three less of those a game, how about those zero. are other shots for those take guys? Take zero, <laughs> take he, none. He shot it really well his rookie year. No. It's declined since. Get out of here. Or the first year he played. Every time he takes that, the other team is delighted. I just know when the Celtics play him, I stand out there from twenty five feet, keep taking them. Five five a game's too many. Two, I I'd I think be okay one with. a game's too many. I'd like him to give two of those to like. Hey, if I'm going to miss these, Ben, we'd like you to miss a couple just to. To get more comfortable. They are so fucking talented, though. They're so good. And that's why I think if it's right, and even if it doesn't perfectly gel, I think my my question back to you would be, I don't, I'm not going to be shocked if Philadelphia gets out of the East, but you think that they're fragile still? You still think they're fragile enough that they would get freaked out? Like, I don't think they'd lose to Detroit or Brooklyn, really, but I could see it being weird because they haven't closed. There's times where I still look at them and I go, I don't know how, how well they're going to the close. The playoffs are great. tough. We saw it last year in that Celtics-Philly series. You can have more talent and it doesn't matter. The crowds are different. The pressure is different. The pace of the series is different. Teams get really used to what you do over the course of a series. And if you don't have a great coach who can mix stuff up, that that's a hindrance. And that my fear with this team, I still don't like the five together at the end that they play. I don't, I don't feel like they've 
figured that out completely. I don't know where Reddick fits in as the fifth, and I'm not sure he does, even though on paper he does. But when I actually watch it, it just doesn't. Maybe my brain's just not recognizing it correctly, but it just doesn't feel right for me. Those five guys. Reddick's probably not going to get the shots that he should get. I mean, as good as I Reddick's. I don't know when it first started, so I'm not acting like I just noticed this, but I've never seen a shooter have as horrible a base. Like Dirk used to be that way. Dirk, all the way, legs, knees, hips, it it could all be wrong. Shoulders could be wrong. And he would still get it square on on the release, and it was beautiful. Redick is catching these things full speed, floating sideways. And hitting these shots. He had an air ball in that game yesterday. I was like, that's what it should look like. All that this is such a hard shot. And he's yeah. doing this. So I think Reddick's hand eye. Yeah, Reddick's whole role now is just to whip around these and hope to get a handoff. Mike Scott's been really good for them. The bench has been fine. Like worries about the bench, I think, after because Bobon's good. Would you like this team more if they had made the Harris trade but never made the Butler trade? Yeah, probably. And they had Covington and Sarich and right. just more whatever. Just a ton of size. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. That seems, because then Butler, you're right about Butler. Like, he, there are certain guys that take the shot because they think they're supposed to. He seem, really he, he really want, believes right, right. he's the one who should take it. Nothing would annoy me more than like a B tier, a tier, whatever you want to say, star who just saw the Jordan ads and grew up with Jordan. And then he'd take an awful, awful shot. And he'd be like, well, at least I'm not afraid. And like, the rest of us were. <laughs> he's really good. He's, I don't know what goes on with him when they're not playing. And I don't know if he, if he'll be happy unless he's really prominently involved in these playoff games, but they have a lot of talent, man. Yeah. Just I, with I'm his not, stuff. I'm not, by the way, I'm not breaking news with that, but man, when you watch a game like yesterday and Giannis puts up 50, 50 plus yeah. and they were never really, <laughs> I know they, they almost like out within two, a couple, it was like, it felt like Philly was going to win. I watched and, the second half again last night because I felt like I wasn't really locked in. I was yeah. like doing stuff. So I was like, watch. So when you're sitting there going, okay, he's about to have 35 points in the second half. Let's watch him and count him and keep track and see. And it was so effortless. It's like, it's, it's not, he's we keep 35. saying it's like young Shaq. He it's, just gets points. 35 in the second half. And it didn't even seem that crazy. Like he wasn't hot. No. It was it, all like flow I, of the game. His threes, you know, he hit a couple threes, which is always nice for him. But the way he can step, and you don't really know what to do. I mean, there's different ways that these guys are unguardable now. Yeah. And with Giannis, like he had that dunk where he came back right and finished. His step left looked like he may walk out of bounds. And yet he stopped himself on like a full speed step to his left and then got himself settled, stopped, and then got into the air and finished with a right-handed dunk. And I don't know, I, it might have been Embiid or Boban or somebody, and they just like looked and went, what? And then how about him calling Simmons a fucking baby? And that wasn't about you either. That was that was Ben. Yeah, maybe you got confused. Um, <laughs> that was kind of, I I didn't know he did that. Had you seen that from him before? Yeah, there, there's a little bit of, I've seen it a couple of times. There's a little fuck you in him, which I like, and I think any great player has to have. Oh, no, I'm all. He did, it's say, definitely I'm come out a couple of times in the games I've seen. But Embiid has it too. And, and you know, if that's, when would that be? So that would be Philly right now is 45 and 25. They're three seed. Indy's 44 and 26. Boston's 43 and 27. There's still a chance this could flip around. I actually, let's just do this now. Playoff matchups. Every time we've done this, this is the best version of the playoff matchups we've had. 
Bucks Heat. I think so. Do we think Brogdon can be back in time? Like, there's no way, it's right? Six to eight weeks. So I, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the Bucks are. I can't believe I'm saying this, but super beatable in round one because of no Brogdon. I, I <sighs> dude, if they don't get out of round one, even without Brogdon, depending on who they play. Oh come on, they're gonna beat the Heat, dude. Are you serious? Would you right bet now? your life on it. Yeah, I would. You would. You bet yeah. your life on it. Yeah, yeah. What do I get though? I don't do trust I playoff teams life? that have really no experience at all. And I liked, I liked their, I liked their crunch time five, but I think Brogdon was was just way more important for them than people realize. They still have Bledsoe, they yesterday. still have Middleton, they have the Lopez deal. Ilyasova is always a player I would always want on my team. Spo, um, that that so that doesn't scare you at all. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's not Spo Prunty now. It it's like when they did that whole breakdown. And I don't know if it was just the countdown stuff that that Kirk Goldsberry did. Yeah. But then they were doing this other shit. They went from like the worst rebounding team to the best. They're the number one defensive efficiency team. I get it. We've we talked like, about it. Budenholzer has. They're plus 10. He has done an amazing job with this. So I'm not as great as I think Spo is. Come on, dude. The Heat aren't even 500, right? 33 and 36. I, the Heat scare me. Every Why? time. Didn't we do this? Didn't we fall into this last year? The Remember when they were going to sneaky beat the Sixers? Same shit, man. Same shit as last okay, year. Okay, good. You talked me out of it. Yeah. Toronto, Brooklyn would be our 2-7. I just want to point out Kawhi's missed 19 games already. I was going to do it just now if you didn't. Because remember when we were doing our all-NBA? He's played 51-70. Well, we're going to do all-NBA after this. Because um, remember, you, it was like you can't put LeBron on because he's missed all these games, and Kawhi automatically was on it. And then I started thinking about it last week after we talked about it. He's played fifty-one, missed nineteen. He's missing again. I think he's missing tonight. Toronto, Let me double Brooklyn. Check that. Can we get it on that? Brooklyn um, will be a sexy first round upset pick, whoever they play, just because they're really fun to watch, and people see a lot of them. The entire basketball internet lives in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think their crowds will be good. Yeah. I don't think they have the talent to beat Toronto, but they're they're definitely like kind of what I want Miami to be, but you just talked me out of them. I still feel like, I, I feel like Milwaukee's vulnerable depending, like Milwaukee, Brooklyn. If that if Brooklyn was the, uh, was the eight seed I'm just, instead I'm of just the seven. I'm just chewing on Giannis and it's not like Brogdon, as good as he is, they still have a couple other guys that can fill it up. I mean, so the, the recipe a, would be Bledsoe goes south. He just right. He has to he co- totally craters check out. in ra- in yeah. round one. Right, Middleton has to miss everything. You know, a big reason why they lost to Philly too, and Philly was great in that game, but Miritich was terrible. Brogdon gives them insurance for whatever game where Bledsoe just looks like he did in that Boston series. At least they have the other guy. By the way, another point about the Kawhi missing—he'll end up missing like a quarter of the season when this is all said and done. It feels like right. Yeah. yeah. Uh well, actually, he'd be more than that if he keeps on this pace. Think about how good they are as a team organization and what they do to be this close to being the one seed. Because if well, Kawhi, if Kawhi plays the whole season, they're your one. It's because because this Siakam thing is out of control. Uh, out of control. They just basically, if Kawhi doesn't play, they have somebody who can just do a Kawhi impersonation. It'd be like Adrian Griffin turning into <laughs> Carl Malone. Adrian Griffin, <laughs> my all-time favorite Celtic. But I think they, I think they probably know he's leaving, and. They're doing they everything. No, they don't. They don't mind the games where Kawhi doesn't play because it it also gives them a little bit of foundation for down the road. So they're doing the anti Brewers Ned Yo CC Sabathia thing. 
when anti? He pitched, yeah. Remember yeah. when he pitched like every third game and like, we're not re-signing him. <laughs> Damaged kids. We don't care. Philly Detroit would be our three, six, which I'm genuinely excited about because the Drummond and Bede thing, you know, Drummond's been great for the last, uh, I don't know, last six weeks or yeah. seven weeks, something like that. And part of me wonders, could it like Embiid just really emasculated him a couple times there, and yeah. not only right, you can't not only destroyed him so but like embarrassed him. Right. And Drummond has gone to another level, and I wonder if he's like it's like Rocky Three. <laughs> he's in the fucking gym getting getting ready for the uh, seven games against Embiid. So if they go Philly Detroit, there at least be fight. There's some feistiness with that, and then uh, Indy Boston would be the four or five. Bogdanovich is now the greatest player in the league. I don't know how that happened. Which one? Aren't they one and two? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like James Harden and Bogdanovich. Um, and that's that feels like a super losable series for the Celts. Where it's like, wow, how are they losing this? They have so much more talent. And just weird shit starts happening. I have been happy with how they've played the last two weeks. The and Celts? I, and I really like what I've seen from Kyrie. And that's all I'm going to say. He, he's... He fell on the sword and he's played differently the last two weeks. I am. He's much more engaged yeah. and he is much more touchy feely and he's much more, let me get everybody else involved. -y. Now, whether this is all ploy because he realized that he sabotaged his own, you know, free agent stating a little bit and this is all an act, I have no idea. I'm withholding judgment then. Okay, good. Yeah. Because uh, I've, I've watched him the last week or so and it does look better. So the biggest we'll thing see. that's happened with the Celtics is Jalen Brown has gone he's been up a awesome. level. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he, he's actually been better than Tatum now for, yep. I would say five, six weeks. And, uh, the Horford thing still worries me because. Well, they even admitted it now. So when we were talking about him being dinged up, like. Yeah. Because I, I, after we talked about that and then people are writing about it, Horford's having the best run of his season. I'm like, I just went to the game. It looked like he, he's playing hurt. And now they've. Seems like. Anyway, uh, the West, Golden State Clippers would be your 1-8, which might break the record for most opposing fans at round one, two round one playoff games. Unless there the might be 10,000 Warriors yeah. fans there. If they ever did a thing where it was just 1 through 16 and the Celtics played the Clippers. Yeah, that'd be bad. That's really weird when you're in that building. That was my first Celtics at Clippers game. And you're like, man, there's so many people out here. Would you want to play the Clippers if you were the Warriors? I would not. Well, Sacramento's falling off, unfortunately. Sacramento's out. The Bagley thing out. killed them. They're out. Uh, I I wouldn't care. Like, I'm the Warriors. I wouldn't care. So whenever we do this stuff where it's like, well, who who's dangerous at eight? I'm worried about myself at one. I actually was going to ask you this at some point. Like, I think the Warriors without Durant would still be the one seed. So. So that would take. And I'm not distant. Like, look, we couldn't have been nicer. So about you go the 57 and 25 is the one seed. I think they could do that unless they were just bored and playing the same level of defense. Maybe they're not. I mean, maybe they're the three seed, but they're the three seed. So they would have, they would have had to like buy out, buy out guy like a Wes Matthews, I think. Cause you'd have to replace some of those minutes somehow. Right. Right. They were never getting Robin or, Lopez or apparently. Patrick McCaw. Maybe Ooh, he stays. Maybe Pep McCaw stays. Yeah. It'd be exciting. Yeah. I just, we're, we're going to talk about MVP in a little bit. I think Curry's MVP campaign is now underrated. Not for the top two, but when the third spot's wide open, and I think Curry has to be discussed. Um, them without Durant, I I think is somewhere between fifty five and fifty seven. Yeah, not impossible. But if they were the three seed, I don't think yeah. it would be by a couple a couple games. So that's so, your one eight right now. No, and even though I love what the Clippers have done and Lou Williams this weekend again, 
And look, we spent 20 minutes on them. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one cleanup for me last week when we were talking about the Lakers, which we're not going to talk about, uh, which I don't think so, unless we get to the LeBron stuff. No. Um, I did have a team that was like, everything you said about the Lakers was right, but you were way too soft on them about the Kawhi deal and that it's known around the league, at least according to what I was being told, is that if they had included Ingram, they could have done that. They could have done that this year, but they did the same thing as they were doing with the Paul George thing. Like, we'll wait, we'll just get him later. Oof. So I was given, I was given like a, a B for my analysis. I've heard conflicting. I've heard that version, but I've also heard that San Antonio was just like, fuck you. We're never trading him. To you. Yeah. So that's the other thing too. Is that, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Right. Um, that's what I was told. So I wanted to share that after last week. So your two seven right now is not as fun. Denver, Utah. Where are you with Denver? That Jokic. Uh, Doncic game was so so incredible. That was I the wanted, game of the month. I wanted to send somebody a check after <laughs> that game. It was so. Doncic is, and by the way, he hasn't. You know, he's definitely tailed off a little the last yeah. few weeks. But that dunk in traffic with five seconds left was holy, holy shit. That's like a, a top five career highlight. Oh my for god! People. Yeah, that it was, was nuts. Because you're going, Jokic, is he going to try to yoke this? Jokic has this weird off balance. Um, you know, around nine, ten feet, these wrong foot kind of, and the and but what makes, are you supposed to do with that? Makes them and it, every time he's doing it, you go, "That's a terrible shot," and then it'll go in. <laughs> and I, I don't know how you defend that. I still worry about like the consistency of the other pieces around Jokic. It's just it's my same issue with Milwaukee. A lot of guys who have really never been in a big game. Now Milwaukee, they a couple of those guys had the game seven in Boston last year. That helps. Um, so they at least went through it once. These Denver guys, you know, Beasley and Morris and Jamal Murray. Like, I think Morris has been great. I that. I love their guards. Yeah. You know, but Gary Harris is like hit or miss. It goes to show you like, it just probably doesn't ever make sense to spend more than like two to three million on a guard unless it's somebody really good. It, it seems like these Beasley Morris types are just out there. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. These dudes are out there. There's a guard surplus in the league right now. So are you treating Seth like Curry? The, yeah. Well, the like should you, you ever spend twelve million dollars on Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier? Like maybe no. not. Yeah, of course that not. might actually be a bad use of salary cap because you can always get these dudes who are rotation guys. I kind of like this theory. You're almost treating the like Landry Shamit. Yeah, Landry Shamit. Just find a way to sit in the corner. He's throwing for this fucking trade. And now he's like, he's playing 25 minutes a game on a playoff team. But he can dribble too. I mean, he ran teams. So it's not. I think I think there's way too many guards and it's really easy to find them. And I would They're never, the running backs of the NBA. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. They're the like Damian like Williams. Um, so what's, who's the fat guy in the Rams? CJ Anderson, CJ Anderson. There's a lot yeah. of CJ Andersons in the NBA. I remember Deandre Burton checked in for the thunder and I went, Oh, what? Oh my God. And then I looked him up. I go, every Iowa state rookie is 25 years old. There's some rule that when you go to Iowa state and like, Hey, you know, whatever happens, but once we promise you get to the NBA, it'll be almost 30, but the clips have a guy Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. I like him he used to play more. I think, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a moment for somebody at some point. <laughs> And then I even like, uh, who's the guy, Thornwell? Uh, yeah, the kid from South Carolina. He doesn't play at all. I, no. I like him too. I feel like he could give somebody 15 minutes. Uh, Houston, San Antonio would be our 3-6. 
I can't wait to watch the Spurs tonight because I realize, like, in my rotation of all the stuff I watch, I go, I haven't had my eyes on the well, Spurs we all, in a while. We all gave up on them three yeah. weeks ago. It was all thinking, well, they might not make the playoffs. That's kind of when I stopped. And, and then I they go, won, like, eight straight. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching them uh, tonight because they got Golden State, right? Yeah. Portland OKC is your four or five. Still seems like Paul George isn't 100%. Nope. I've been and watching I, I would love him. to know what the actual injury is, but right. it seems like it's some sort of rotator cuff thing, but I'd, I'd love to know what it is. Well, he had the one shoulder that was iced, and then he hit the other one. Yeah. And he has that cool tape that I've even tried wearing, hoping it was going to help me feel better. You're wearing it right now. And uh, I and I feel great today, so you tell me the tape. But he doesn't, doesn't he's, he's tailed off, I think, but it seems from a physical standpoint, not from a performance standpoint. So let's talk Westbrook, because Westbrook's shooting improved from really disastrous levels. And I say disastrous because yeah. no one would ever be allowed to, or no one would even think to have the volume that he would work at and continue to take those bad shots. Yeah. Uh, I have this really hard thing with Westbrook all the time, and I feel like I, I sit there and qualify it because of how hard he plays. And I've said all these things a million times over, but that foul against Clay to get the tech, was so lame. And Westbrook, I don't think, understand like how how much he's benefited from nasty jazz guy for people to overlook the parts of Westbrook that suck. And he's had a confrontation. I like that nasty jazz yeah. guy as yeah. that moniker. Right. So nasty jazz guy is, you know, clown, all right? And Westbrook goes at him. And, and I don't have a problem with Westbrook, you know, for the most part, um, defending himself. But we saw a video of him going after a different guy. Look, he, the week, like no one cared because it was a game that wasn't, but he knocked, now Nurkic may have tripped him. It looked like he had, but he went right back at Nurkic and just knocked him to the ground. In the same game against Clay on Saturday night, Kavon Looney like put his hands up to almost help Westbrook from like running into him. And Westbrook like went at him and like slapped his hands away. I can't believe somebody hasn't really decided, hey, you know what, Westbrook, I'm done with you. Like, do you really think, like, I can't believe it hasn't caused a fight. And I think all of this bullshit with like him. the KG Anthony Peeler moment? Yes, exactly. Anthony Peeler is like, I'm ready right now. And then right. just punched him. I, I think it's just all of this stuff with him. And he has, he's, he has no idea how good he has it in OKC, by the way. They're so scared to even criticize him because of what happened with Durant. But I think that's what part of this is all about. Like, it's enabling it. So when I'm oh, looking yeah. at this guy that I have to bet on, to do things in the playoffs. And there have been times where I've watched them where I really like this team, man. And I've thought they have maybe this mental thing at stake with a matchup with Durant that could screw him up a little bit. Like there have been most of the season, I've felt like OKC is the team. Like I can't wait to see what they look like Me in the too. playoffs. I like them but, more four weeks ago though. But I have a hard time with this Westbrook stuff. And it's the same stuff I keep coming back to. He's very aggro. And he seems like he's gotten more aggro. I think he has 16 technicals already. He this does. Year. He's suspended now. And he, he he's carries himself now all the time. Like these dudes from the mid nineties that if you're coming, if you're walking by the harp at two in the morning and you saw like the three mass holes coming out of the harp and they just have that look in their eye, like, are you looking at me? You looking at me? Yeah. I mean, look, that's, he's, he's that's a how he carries himself that's all the time now. Before he's a walking confrontation. And but even in the post game, I was I was driving to work today and Coward was talking. He played the press conference. They're like, Were Russell, did you think about the 16th technical? Yeah. And he's like, next question. And then they asked him something else. Next question. And he just like just was like swatting the reporters away. I think he carries himself. The best analogy I could give is, you know, somebody who's on a long running TV show 
where it's like they've been on they've been the star of the show for nine years and the show can't exist without them and they could just act like a complete dick and it doesn't matter what, what's going to happen they're not going to fold the show and you just kind of have to put up with it and uh he kind of carries himself that way not not to his teammates not to people that work around but just on the court like that there's like an ego with him now that's really weird it's like a how dare you how dare you cross paths with me i'm russell westbrook it's like who the hell are you dude yeah and i don't think win this a title is, this is always something like i've asked people down there like what's his name like you'd like him like he actually, he's not like a bad Everyone guy. Everyone says right? that. Total so normal, sweet guy. But this is like the mindset he's in now with basketball. If I'm looking at them as a team that I have to bet on, you know, a team to go, all right, I really <clears throat> trust them. I just don't trust them because I think all of this stuff that happens with him, he's so pissed off. It's like, all right, now things aren't working out. Like he, it's like a guy that gets hurt working out and then he's so mad that he's hurt he works out harder <laughs> and you're like well that's that's not the way to fix the problem and there's been nothing throughout his career that tells me tight moment late and against a good team i'm not saying he hasn't hit some big shots because he has but i don't i don't know when this is ever you're asking a guy that is built a certain way and that's why he's been this great to change the way he is and i don't know that that's ever going to happen it hasn't matter who the coach is it hasn't matter who the teammates are and the Clay thing was so funny because Clay's like, whatever, dude. And most guys would have been pissed, and Clay's like laughing at him. Yeah, Clay, like, also, you, though, Clay's the most like player in the league. Right. So you, now you're, you're, now mad, you're going with him. Right. You were mad you didn't get a call, and then you you check me. And Clay's like, whatever. Uh I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I if look, if I were a Thunder fan, I'd be annoyed by it now. Oh, but I know they're all gonna get mad because they, they're gonna they stick up for the yeah. Preach to the church of Westbrook. I'm going to tell you who he reminds me of right after this break. Let's take a break to talk about Hotel Tonight. This winter is a great time to check them out whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip, escape to a warm beach, book a room with one of their last minute deals. You know how much I love this, uh, this app. Tons of empty hotel rooms out there waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight scores incredible rates on them. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms, pass the savings along to you. And these are not last resort, you know, not that great places. These are good, cool, top-rated hotels you'd actually want to stay at. You don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight does a lot of the work for you. They show you the best deals, short profiles. Um, they, they steer you toward their HT Perks program. The more you book, the better the deals get. And it's not just for last-minute bookings. You can book well in advance as well. Start scoring amazing deals. And incredible hotels for the app that is like an indie band that has now blown up and become a mainstream band. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. Westbrook, the energy reminds me of Calipari in these, in these March Madness games where somebody has themselves so worked up and they're so intense that it's actually becomes a little detrimental. There's... You know, I was looking at like wartime president, peacetime president, right? At some point, you want a wartime president as your best guy or your coach, the guy who's like, it's good. I got this. Aaron, come on, follow me this way. Westbrook's is more of a, a peacetime president to me. It's that you want him when you're going against Memphis in game 48 at home and he's like, you're down six and Westbrook will do it. When 
I think he's had some playoff failures. I think he really, really wants to make the finals and he really, really wants to prove that he didn't need Durant. And as the stakes keep going up, and even like these nationally televised game, yeah, he's like that. And uh, I don't know if you can win when your best player's like that. It's cert- there's certainly no record of it happening in the history of the league. Like they, at some point, you just gotta do I don't, the thing. I don't see it because I, I don't think I don't think he ever goes. Okay, I'm struggling. We saw it last year in the Utah series. Remember, they were terrible. Like, remember when and it really started to go south in Game Six, and he took like what did he take forty three shots? He like he like unraveled. Right, and then guess what happens? Like people go, well, hey, look, at least he's not he's, afraid. He's trying. Yeah, he's trying. Like he's the only one out there competing, and you just go find better shots because you know what else is happening? The other four guys now they're not playing as hard on defense. They're not running as hard in transition. They're like this dude's going to take forty three shots, and ten of them are going to be just horrible looks and i'm supposed to be invested this was lebron's greatest strength these in the middle of this decade when he as his supporting cast got worse and worse and he would be in these big games and these big moments and especially on the road and there was a calmness about him and he would almost like get more focused and was just better at everything he was doing like the the bigger the moment he actually would embrace that and that you know i heard somebody say how can't remember where I read it, but people talking about LeBron's game one in the finals in 2018, last year, the J.R. Yeah, Smith yeah, game. Yeah. And you were there for that, weren't you? I was there yeah. for that. And I'd forgotten how amazing he was in that game. And somebody, the Warriors were saying that, I forget where I read this, but they were saying like, that was the greatest game they'd ever seen anyone play. I kind of felt like that when I was there. I was like, I think this is the greatest game I've ever seen anyone play. <laughs> he, he was... He just controlled every aspect of it. And, you know, when you talk about Westbrook, I'm I just don't think he has that wherewithal to to be that guy. I just don't. I don't think it's ever gonna happen at this point. It's been in the league eleven years. Yeah, why is it gonna change? Not, why is, he is who he is at this point. Right. And so and I know that they were, you know, there were things and I, I would watch him differently and be like, okay, is he deferring more? Is he, even if he was in regular season games, you know, letting other people initiate the action, playing off a Schroeder, which they were doing and seeing how great Paul George was doing. Last couple minutes of a playoff game, we all know what's going to happen. We all know And maybe he does hit a 35 foot three and it's a game winner and all that. Like it's like, he's, he's won games that way too. And maybe that happened, but I just, it's hard for me to go for seven games against another really good team like the Warriors, I expect him to come out on top and make all the right plays down the stretch. I just, it's hard for me to believe it. Well, they're four or five right now be Portland OKC. And I, I don't like that matchup for OKC. I I think they're going to well, have McCollum a column injury. Is he going to be back in time now? Uh, I, I don't know that we know what the deal is. So, right if, so if he is out for round one, then that suddenly becomes the team I'd want to play. But, if he's healthy for round one, I don't think OKC has anybody to guard Lillard. Like I really feel like he could run a mock in that series. And I actually like the Nurkic-Adams battle. I think Nurkic, Adams definitely doesn't look the same. I don't think that he looked earlier in the area. I, he's banged up. He's played a lot of games over the last few years too. Um, I like what I saw. I like what I've seen from Nurkic. And uh, I don't know. I If Portland's healthy, I think that's a dangerous series for OKC if that's what it ends up being. What does it say for McCollum? Uh, reevaluated in a week with the knee strain. So mm. we don't know. Yeah, Nurkic. Do you think he should just declare for the NBA and not play college <laughs> basketball anywhere? Does he want to risk it? 
What if McCollum says, I know I could be back for the playoffs, but this is a long-term play? <laughs> long-term play right. for my next deal right. two years from now. <laughs> so, uh, Our all-NBA checkpoint, Giannis, George, Harden, Curry is still four of the top five. Jokic versus Embiid is going to be a great argument as this gets a little closer about two weeks from now. And Embiid, the defensive metrics are great with him. Jokic, the fact that that has a chance to be a one seed and he's really the only great player on the team. It's nuts, but I'd still go Embiid. I, I'm I'm still split. So the one, it's going to be one or the other. Second team, Durant, Lillard, and Westbrook, I think will be second team on NBA. The second forward spot, Griffin, LeBron, and Kawhi. If Kawhi ends up missing like 24 games or something, I'm not voting for him for second team on NBA. I was looking at this Pistons team. You love the Pistons. I just can't, but they're 36 and 33. Can you, can you name, can you name their crunch time right now? Not their crunch time. Can you name their nine man rotation right now? No. I know that I know that the other day I was watching their game and that, that Luke Kennard had the best plus minus of I think anyone off the bench since January first. I so think I this has become the story of the year. Yeah. Okay, so this is post All Star break, which is now a thirteen game sample size. Minutes leaders on the Pistons: <laughs> Drummond, Blake Griffin, Luke Kennard, third at twenty seven minutes a game. Reggie Jackson, Wayne Ellington. Ish Smith, Langston Galloway. Is this Ish Smith's like fourth time being on the Pistons? Yeah. Bruce Brown, Thon Maker. Yeah, Thin Maker. That's their rotation. Got- With Zaza Peculia as their 10th guy. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This team's going to go 45 and 37. So, how, so I look at Blake and Blake is basically 24, 8 and 5 every night and is their crunch time guy. Like, I think he has to be considered for second team on NBA. And this might be the best Blake Griffin season ever. I think that one year that he was there with the Clippers. 15. Right. Where where Paul was out for a good chunk in the middle. In the playoffs, he had the best three, four-week stretch of his career. And by by the end, when they got knocked out, I think we all thought he was one of the best five players in the league. Yeah. So that's the that's the. But that wasn't really as, in the regular season as much. Um, there was a stretch. No, during the, there was a regular season. It might've been before 15 then when Paul had missed a good chunk in the middle and, and Blake, Blake was playing was point forward legitimately yeah. like in the MVP conversation. And what we mean that is that he wasn't going to win, but it was disrespectful to not mention him at some point. So then third team towns what? towns, who's been towns, awesome. Right. He's been on that. And it's not a fool's gold tear with him because we know how good he can be. And, uh, the other two from LeBron, Kawhi Griffin. Kyrie is going to make it. And I think Bradley Beal is the third guard now. Or the uh, the sixth guard. Because he's like 30 a he's game since nuts. the All-Star break. Yeah. And he's carrying this Washington team that was trying to tank. And he's basically not letting, not allowing them to tank. No, so, every, every night with them, I go back to them like, man, Beal, Beal's having this incredible run hidden on this terrible team. Um, so those are the 15... Those are going to be the 15 all NBA guys in some sort of order. I don't I don't see anybody else cracking it at this point unless um you know, unless Pascal Siakam really takes it up a notch. Goes I, up a level. How many games would you not if Kawhi missed 23 games, could you would you penalize him and he's third team all NBA at that point? I by the way, I w- I really wanted to knock LeBron off third team all NBA and I couldn't figure out a way to do it. 
yeah, it felt like last time we were doing this, you would put together the formula to do it. But if you're holding there's that, there's him just to no that, forward. if you're putting that standard on him, then you have to put it on Kawhi too. And here's the thing. LeBron got hurt. Kawhi, like I have a problem with you going, yeah, I'm just cool missing. I'm going to skip the back-to-back. Right. We, we, and his we, numbers, by the way, are sick. They're sick. So, but he's not hurt. So I would think it would mean it would damage you more to me as a voter if you're just missing all these games versus missing them because of an injury. A couple just random stats just to consider. Harden is still at 35.9 points a game. Is he eight points higher than every the second I, I had I have in front of me now? Um, this yeah, is the thirty five point club is Wilt Jordan Barry and, and Kobe Bryant. So that he will be the fifth player ever to do this. Significant, and it's not you know you can point to the three pointers, but and the look on your face as you said significant. I just want the listener to know he means it. I it I was, love this stuff. Right. It's eight points better than the number two score in Paul George. I think it's a ludicrous number. And then you talk about he's going to play like 78, 79, 80 games, something like that. He has a chance to get 3,000 points, which is like another ludicrous number that does not happen. And I actually think I like total points in some ways more than a scoring average because it's the combination of the durability and, you know, the ridiculous production. Like you score 3,000 points in a season, you're a... You're really doing something. I don't think he can get there because I think he'll be just short, but that that's just a crazy number to me. Right, so he's already scored more points this year in 66 games than he ever has before. Right. And then if you go leaders, bas- shout out to the basketball reference guy, whoever that oh, dude is. Oh, actually, he's eight points. He's eight points off of his total scoring from four years ago or three so, years ago. Only two people have ever scored 3,000 points in a season. Wilt did it three times. Jordan did it in 87. He had 3,041 points. Um, Kobe is the last guy who even came close. He had 28-32 in the 05-06 season. And then what does Harden have right now? Harden has 2-3-6-8. With 12 games to go? Right. So, so, he's so gonna... he has a chance to, to get to where Kobe got to, and that's about it. Um so I thought that was nuts. Giannis, we should just mention, is averaging 28, 13, and 6. Well, we did mention it last week. <laughs> I just want, I'm going to mention it every week. 58% shooting. Uh, Embiid now up to 27 and 14. These are crazy numbers. It is. It's all, like, what's, is it that? It's just, because this is the part where I go, okay, we both agree the league. Like, we forget how lean some of those years are. We've already been over that. Not only on this podcast, but before. But are we really this lucky that in this moment we have this many guys that could win an MVP? Like that seems nuts. Well, like, think if about you said, if you just said at the beginning of the year, give me the that's not fucking crazy list. If this guy wins an MVP, yeah, it feels like it's twelve guys now. Yeah, it's true. I I think it's a combination of the uh, the non-American players, the the number of talented guys we have has never been better. The guys are just healthier these days. And I think LeBron and the way he took care of his body and the amount of money he spends on it and how seriously he took the day-to-day, which was also Kobe's legacy too, I think. I think these guys just do it now. Like Harden, I think somebody 20 years ago who just wouldn't have been wired this way. Now you read this stuff about Harden. He's like, you know, they'll have a game and he's like working out after he's in the gym. And say, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for how hard he works on his conditioning and all that stuff. 
And it just seems like all these guys are doing that. You know, what's funny too, like we ask different people we know and be like, well, what's this guy like? Or who goes out or who's kind of in there like- And Harden's always the guy people mention. Yeah, but now he's out. you just hear about how dorky a bunch of the teams are. Right. <laughs> Which I'm certainly not complaining about. Look at Doncic playing Fortnite. Right, they're like worried you, about his Fortnite use. Yeah, you want to hear a story. Be like, give me a story on somebody. And be like, oh, this guy, man. Yeah, yeah. he's just crazy. Now it's- yeah, they stay in and order get Postmates. So MVP watch, Harden, Giannis, 1-2 or 2-1, however you want to say it. Who do you have for three right now? We only have 12 games left. The candidates are Jokic, Embiid, George, or Curry. I wanted to put Embiid in there all the time. Uh, I, it's, I feel like I just accept Curry. Like I always feel like I'm the one that's arguing that he's not appreciated enough. And then that theme came up again on the Saturday night game where they're like, people actually think he's underrated. And then Van Gundy's like, yeah, he is underrated. And I'm like, yeah, of course he is. He's like the most overlooked star of, of like to be that good and teammate. then to be this afterthought. Like we don't, we don't really throw him around in the other stuff. And yeah. I, there's like this always weird to me and Van Pelt and I used to talk about this all the time, this odd resentment from his peers to Curry. Uh, but I still don't know that I'd put him three now. I'm not going to get off the Paul George thing just yet. I have Jokic three now. You have him over Embiid. It's weird. I think there's a world in which I vote Embiid for first team all NBA, but Jokic for of third choice MVP. Yeah. I think he means more just how infectious his style is and the fact that he has come through at the end of games and just... It, it's almost more like a high school team or like a mid-major college team, the way that team's constructed. And he's like the focal point of it. Whereas Philly, like if Embiid's out for two, three weeks, they can get by with the players they have. You know, they won't be as good, but they can get by. If if Jokic is out for Denver, they're not getting by. They're yeah, not they're the not same team. they're not a playoff team. Yeah, they're like, they're an eight seed, fringe. So, uh, and then Lou Williams fourth. <laughs> and climbing <laughs> with an arrow. Uh, no, but I, I think usually we're struggling for five MVP guys. I remember there was a year Peja Stojakovic was the third vote. Third vote. Like a final real vote. He yeah. came in third. Damn. Was that a Shaq year? Uh, I mean, here's some actual guys, some actual guys who have third or fourth place MVPs. Ryan Russell. Jermaine O'Neal, third place. Remember Patino tried to trade for him? Carmelo, third place. Carmelo had a year there where he deserved it, so it's not. Blake Griffin got a third place. Davis got a third place. Fourth place, Tracy McGrady, two-fourths. Um, Robert Parrish got a fourth place once. What year was that? I, I think it was 82. Sid Moncrief, McHale. Tim Hardaway Sr., fourth place. Less surprising. C-Web, fourth place. Stojakovic was fourth place. My bad. Joakim Noah, fourth place. Damian Lillard, fourth I place. I remember that Noah deserved yeah. coming in the top five that Absolutely, year. Absolutely. And by 100%. the way, could he get a vote this year? <laughs> <laughs> I love, when I watch Noah in Memphis now, I go, yeah. how could more teams that were competing not have wanted him? Am I nuts there? Do I just like him too much? Am I seeing him differently? Is it the tan? I'm always stunned. I like him too. I'm always stunned that the Nick. I, I'm always stunned when anybody just buys a guy out over keeping him as an expiring contract. It's like negligence to your fans. 
an expiring like Phoenix, if they had those expiring contracts now, those two guys, they could have been so much more creative at the deadline. Well, that one's so nasty. It's just the Noah one's bad too. No, but the, they could have bought. They could have. They could have done the carve out thing this summer, and it would have had the same effect. Right, but I mean the Noah one. It's like we bring in Tyson Chandler here. I, I'm not Noah, but Phoenix. You like we bring in Chandler. We want you know DeAndre Ayton. It's like all right, it's been two weeks. He's he soaked it all up. We're good. Let's give him to LeBron. I mean, that's that's what was weird. I can't believe Ariza didn't end up with the Lakers there too earlier. And James Jones just kept hooking him up. And Sarver's like, wait a minute, I can sign guys and then save a little bit of money by just buying them out a few <laughs> weeks into the season. Done. Winning. Good to go. Um, let's take one more break and then we got to do some mailbags. Hey, let's talk about Seeky. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. Hard to know who to trust. Well, SeatGeek, you know I trust them. They pull millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Closer to the action, great value. That's what SeatGeek's about. They make your ticket buying experience as easy as it could possibly be. If you've ever been to this site, you know how great it is. They grade every ticket based on value. They search all kinds of sites to make sure that you know what the best deals are. They have color-coded maps. I have it on my phone. Sometimes I just check to see what's the hot ticket lately. Um, I've used SeatGeek to buy last minute tickets for Clipper games, to buy last minute tickets for LAFC, to concerts, you name it. Um, lately Lakers games, tickets are available right now to see <laughs> the alleged goat, LeBron James. Uh, best of all, my listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code BS today. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. The new Microsoft Surface Pro 6 can help you get things done whether you're on the field or running a business. Take Brian Arakpo and Michael Griffin, two former NFL teammates who have opened a cupcake shop with the Surface Pro. They can do everything they need from setting schedules to creating promotions for social media and designing new flavors. Plus, it's light, super fast, has a great battery life. Brian and Michael are proving you can tackle all your passions with the power and speed of the new Surface Pro 6. All right, this is the best part of the podcast. We're, we're going to save the topic that I sent you that I want to do. We'll save it for next week because we blew by it. The Zion whole thing? Yeah, we'll save it for next week. Don't, right. don't give it away. Um, no, I did it, but I need to know what the hell I'm doing right now because I've got well, a I'm lot of give these, you some mailbag questions. these creative things that I you send me the heads up and now my mind's been working. Well, just put it, put it in the freezer for a week. Might not be as fresh. That's bullshit. That's uh, some other... Some other titles that readers have or listeners have suggested for the uh the Simmons Russillo weekly NBA podcast. Three hour run. <laughs> I wish. I wish Sunday I pickup. Pod Strickland was thrown out there, which I thought was a great name. We decided it didn't work. We both loved it though. Maybe we have maybe I we love ha- it so much. Maybe that's how we'll end the podcast every episode with a Rod Strickland fact. Well now it's time for Pod Strickland. That's what I want to do. I want to name it that, but it doesn't make any sense. And I'm afraid after a few months, you're going to be like, why are we still calling this Pod Strickland? And you're right. We would have to do some kind of Rod Strickland thing. Although I'll tell you, like every time when I ran into Rod Strickland at the Combine last year. Did he throw up hot dogs on you? <laughs> no. I was like, hey, man. And I don't know if he had any idea who I was or not, but he played along. I was like, I just want to tell you, like of all the guys that I've met that played, there's always this like slow, almost like revered just way a, a former player talks about you yeah like rod strickland man that dude 
Yeah. Like he doesn't get the love of like just full blown established stars of I their feel generation. Like Vince has that too, but a better Where version of it. Rod Strickland has as high a level of respect that you can have from his play, the guys that played with him, other than being just Jordan or somebody like that. Like dudes loved him and were like, he could ball and it sucked to deal with. Didn't he play with a toothpick in his mouth for a while and they told him he had to get rid of it? I think that's true. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, Another title, load management. <laughs> so, who came up with that? It sounds like a the, porn, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, who came up with that? It sucks. It's load the worst. management. It's so bad. Welcome to load management. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm only going to be here half the show. We, <laughs> <laughs> and I need next Monday off. Someone suggested, you think you're better than me? <laughs> that we just call it that. And it said with a Massachusetts accent every time. Right. And then I just go through slights throughout the profession. <laughs> Welcome to you think you're better than me. So then 07, I see. <laughs> and then uh, I like this one. I didn't tell you this one. The glue guys. Not bad. You know, there's a great glue guy story. For you? Yeah. Rick Buecher. Yeah. Classic Rick Buecher. Yeah. We had him on and it was when Rick was so pro Kobe that it was almost disgusting how anti-LeBron he was. Yeah. He just was, that was what he was going to do. I used to just mock him openly to him on my podcast about this. <laughs> and so Buker is on and we were comparing him again somehow. And this may have been like, it could have been before LeBron's first title, actually. Yeah. And he's like, you know, look, he goes, this is, he goes, really LeBron's more of a glue guy than he is anything else. Not the best player in the league, but just a glue guy. And I just lost it and was like, glue guy? You're right. <laughs> and so we had that drop anytime glue guys were mentioned. Oh. Because I couldn't believe it. All so. right. So it looks like the double shift, Pod Strickland, and the glue guys maybe are the three finalists. How do we make Pod Strickland not You not think you're cool better than me? Six Let's, months from now. We'll hear from the. Do we get them on every week? We'll hear from the listeners. You can uh, email us more suggestions at the mailbag at the ringer.com. Pod Strickland does sound like if we were huge Knicks fans. Oh, and another we were really another, young. I forgot one name. This is from Patrick McCaw. He said, I'm a bartender, huge fan of you guys. Since Sunday nights are always industry nights for bartenders, yes. I thought it could be an interesting play of the fact that you both bartended and your NBA industry insiders call the podcast industry night. That's it's pretty that's good. It's strong. A lot of thought in that. Industry night was the best. All right. So we'll, so we'll put that in the right. as a fourth option. Um, Jeff, Jeff Chow, president of The Ringer, had a joke recently that I'm going to repeat on the podcast. I thought it was really funny. Um, we were talking about players only. And I was just complaining about it as I want to do. It's too much now. Yeah, it's, it's over the top. And now, now they have the catchphrase of players only, baby, which I don't understand either. And I was complaining to Jeff about it. And I was like, this is like on an airplane, I wouldn't want the passengers to fly the plane. That's why we have the pilots. And that's how I feel about play-by-play -play guys. Like they're the pilots. It's like, you don't bring the guy in from the seventh row and he's suddenly going to fly the plane now. So Jeff Chow said, passengers only. <laughs> like that could be a gimmick for Delta, like players only. And, and then I was trying to think, What's worse, players only or passengers only? <laughs> if I had to have one for the next 20 years of my life, which gimmick would 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 be worse? And I actually think it's still players only. <laughs> passengers only, it's like, ah, oh, maybe that guy, he flew in the Air Force. 
It's still I'm still feeling better than him than Greg Anthony kind of to play by play. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then uh, I still think it's players only. This is um, from Mitch Blum. That sounds. Does he manages to insult us here, which I like. Most suggestions are focusing on the fact that you're both massholes that love basketball. What really unifies you is you're both guys that went Hollywood. You still want to claim being from Boston to boost your credibility, but you've gone big time and clearly think you're better than the rest of us Bostonians. Hence, big time hoops with a Z. He thought that should be the name. <laughs> big time hoops. I'm waiting to go big time. So I don't I don't think I can. Random. Yeah. And then uh, Justin from Golden, Colorado said, thanks so much for running with my idea for Jim Corner on this week's pod. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. After being a college professor for seven years, I think I have finally made a positive impact on society. Let him know if he wants me to speak at his class, if it's in Colorado. All right. A couple of mailbag questions. Aaron Solomon wonders, what's the biggest story that you knew about but weren't allowed to share it at the time? I was leaving ESPN? No. No, oh. it's a sports story. Oh, oh, oh. Doing my radio show every day with Will Kane, being like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, no, he knew. He knew. He knew I was probably not going to do it. And I'm still with ESPN. Uh, I had some good stuff on the Durant thing, going to Golden State really early. I really? mentioned it. Yeah. I'd mentioned it. And then it got to the point where I kind of had the whole mapped out moving pieces of all the transactions and I did it on Mike and Mike. I was like, if it happens, this is how it would happen. And I was, I had it all. And I was actually always kind of amazed that nobody really paid attention to it. I was like, wait a minute, didn't he just say like, this is what they'll do with Bogut and this is Harrison Barnes and then this will be here and this is who they'll resign and we'll have to do this kind of deal. So, uh, that That's one, pretty good. That one, but I only did that like once free agency had started. So at that point, it was just a that that information was like, look, if we can get him, meaning Golden State, like this is this is how it would in theory happen. But I think I had first heard about it in uh, in January of that year. Oh wow! Yeah, I had um, pretty good LeBron to the Lakers that that 2017 summer. So you're talking about we, so we started of time. talking about it on the ringer. Yeah, yeah. That's why we KOC and I did a whole podcast and we felt pretty confident it was gonna happen. What was can you give me any just had some heard some things. It wasn't as interest interest in TV shows though, right? Because like that one to me. Yeah. The one I when LeBron signed with Miami and Stephen A reported it like a week before, and everybody thought he was crazy, including me. But then about 36 hours before I heard that that's where he was going. And I wrote a piece right before the decision, like that day, like setting it up. And I framed it in a way that if you reread it, it's clear that I knew he was going to Miami, but I just couldn't write it. But you can tell if you read the piece. So did you write that piece to get the information out? Or did you write that piece so that later on you can say, see? No, I wrote the piece because right. I was assigned to write a piece about the decision and I had to write it in a way that- You didn't, that pretended you didn't know. I, I mean, I wasn't, would I bet my life on it? I don't know. But I was like 99.7% sure. On one of the podcasts I did for ESPN, I went back and read all the articles leading up to the decision. Yeah. It's the best. People got really it's upset. So, no, I'm talking about before he had decided. Oh. And the theories and in all the different, and like Chicago, 
played some clips from Family Guy, which is his favorite cartoon. Oh my during god! During the pitch and the Bulls, like two sources within the Bulls said, this couldn't have gone better. He this would be a good new guy. podcast for you That's for the I'm ringer. Talking about you could yeah. just read these columns and make fun of them. Well, I like, have the Sports <laughs> Illustrated scouting reports for the beginning of this season that I'm going to read after the season's over. This like, would be a good yeah. podcast where you just read old things from the past yeah. and you just make fun of them and. Like, how are they so stupid with Ryan Rosillo? Today, I'm going to read the family Peter Gammons' thing. thing from 1990. <laughs> Derek where he Barton. said Sam Horan is going to revolutionize baseball. Derek Barton is a better on-base Albert Pujols. Derek Barton, I remember him. King of OBP. Uh, Kieran wants to know if you put all 450 NBA players in a bar and they were all ordered to compete for the right to bring one specific random girl back to their hotel that night, who'd you bet on to win? Best question It's a great one. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. Okay. You can eliminate probably 400 plus before we even yeah. get there. Because if, if you can go home with Steph Curry, why are you going to go home with Seth Curry? Right? Fair. No offense. Great. Great point. So we got to kind of go at the, at the heaviest guys, the biggest alphas. I think because in that room where there's alphas, so like Paul George has no chance. I'm sorry. Like Rudy Gerbera has no chance, even though French guys are smooth and girls always fall for that stuff. Um, I do. I never rule out the French. Never. Boris Diaw. Yeah. He like insulted American women. Tony that was Parker. Whole thing. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. not Matt Bonner. So, <laughs> so when, uh, when I started thinking about this, like I started thinking Draymond because I think Draymond Oh, he, he just out 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 right. alphas everybody. Right. Like he would just scream at other guys. Yeah. And you know, you got to factor in like how good a guy looks. Like I think Draymond, you know, I'm not I don't know if he'd be voted best looking guy in the NBA, but he's 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 working with enough. Force of nature right. guy. Force of nature, Midwest, Michigan State strong. Like that'd be tough. Like you couldn't be another guy fighting over that girl and be passive around him. He's just gonna eat you up. But would it be too much? Would it be too much? Whereas, like, I started thinking, okay, well, the easy one's LeBron. Like, LeBron walks in a room. He's more of the showstopper than everybody else. But if LeBron doesn't have enough help, he's going to be like, motherfucker, I told you don't wear that hoodie. And then he'll be like, Mav, I said Lyft, not Uber. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. So, like, if it started going bad for LeBron, then everybody around him would get blamed. So, like, maybe that would that would screw that up, too. Yeah. Um, Clay wouldn't care. Clay would be like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to. All no, the like, girl would have to make the move. Right. She'd have to like, pursue Clay. I have a dog to pet and yeah. he would leave. So I actually do think, despite us spending a lot of time on this, that it would be Westbrook because fashion, Westbrook. he's not absurdly if huge. We, we should say if Westbrook was single, he's happily married right, with right, kids. Right. Yeah. He's, this is where assuming fashion, everyone in the league is single. He's got the LA experience with the Midwestern values. He's alpha as hell, so he's not afraid of anybody else. Irrational confidence. Right. He's he's and he's just gonna shoot. So it's he's Russell Westbrook from, and Draymond yes. going for the same And he's gonna win. Westbrook's gonna win because he's going to shoot more. Because Draymond still struggles with his shot a bit and is hesitant even when wide open. Russ walks into the gym thinking he's open and he's gonna walk into that club. I really thinking like that he's this closer. Answer. I, I went into this thinking it was Blake Griffin because I like the experience of being in LA, being around beautiful women for eight, nine years. He's dated a lot of attractive women. I just feel like right, it's I want that big game experience. Kyle, right? Yeah. Big game experience. Yeah. Uh, I like the Westbrook answer. That's a good one. Kevin J in Portland wants to know, is LeBron having the greatest good stats, bad team season in history? 
that the answer is not even close. Go look at some of the Will Chamberlain's good good stats, bad team season. It is the best one in a couple of years, though, because he's going to end up like 27, 9, and 9 or something and for a team that wins 32 games. Well, it'll be funny, too, because this summer when everybody forgets everything that happened and we start talking and whatever ends up happening with the Lakers and all this stuff, yeah. there are going to be guys that will be like, are you kidding me? LeBron did everything. He was awesome. Look at these numbers. And you just go, well, that's, that's part of it. Hmm. Caesar in Brooklyn. This one got me thinking. Brighter future right now. Right now. Not knowing what's going to happen in the draft. Brighter future right now. Knicks or Lakers. Which team would you rather be? I'm amazed how fast I settled on the Knicks. <laughs> oh, man. How yeah. did you, come on. Yeah. You can't, I settled on the Knicks. It took me three seconds. Is that did you because- see LeBron get blocked by Mario Hazonia last, yesterday? Yeah, but you figure they're going to get rid of Hazonia this offseason. Yeah, they were just, like, what are you doing, dude? Just saying. I'm like, I'd rather have the top three pick. I'd rather have the cap space. KD's coming. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, feel like I have some Davis chess pieces to maybe trade if I don't get yeah. Zion. I have the hope of Zion. And who knows? Like the bidding for Davis now can be might actually be way worse that we thought it was going to be because you get the Brandon Ingram thing. I don't know if the Celtics are still going to want to, if Kyrie bolts, can they really do that for Anthony Davis? Like all of a sudden the Knicks could be a real player here for Davis in a trade because the Lakers and Celtics packages aren't the same. Now the Celtics are like, ah, twist our arm. We'll, we'll throw Tatum in there. Just don't watch any of his February or March games. Right. Just don't. Here's here's a DVD from the first half of yeah. the season. Here's a DVD from him going head to head against LeBron in round three. We Dude, a, look how great he is. We have a, a Connor Tatum's show. Tatum's like really struggling. Eight part Tatum against the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> series. It's eight hours. We got screen lit. So I'd rather be the Knicks. I'm not. I don't think you should answer it with that swiftness. I'm sorry. That's that's how I roll. You might not be wrong, but I just feel like you're too decisive. Uh, Grant from Sa- San Francisco said, a few pods back, Ryan asked the question, what is the case against Adam Silver? As to say, who actually dislikes him? Well, to my knowledge, two fan bases have legitimate gripes. Philly for pushing out Sam Hinkie and installing the collar clown. That's what he said. And then Golden State for the unjust Draymond suspension. And if you don't believe me, he gets booed during the introductions for the 17 and 18 ring nights. Is that the biggest mistake he's made this decade? The Draymond suspension. Well, in the sign of the times, Draymond being suspended there was not that crazy to me. It wasn't. Um, It would be crazy 10 years ago. It would be unheard of prior to that, that anybody would be suspended. I just... I just think the way shit happens, there's so many calls. I'm like, oh, that won't be that. And you're like, oh, there it is. I mean, that call where it was an offensive foul on uh, Grant in the, in the game on Saturday night, like these are just kind of the way that the game is gone. And I think it's ridiculous. So if you're making it specific to fan bases being upset because something happened that hurt their team, to me, that's not part of the overall approval rating for a guy like Silver. What do should, you think? Should Draymond have been suspended? Uh, I think Draymond... Draymond kind of fought, like all these guys that get into trouble all the time, they act like they didn't start all of it. Yeah. So I don't think what Draymond did by itself deserved him being suspended. And we could be looking at the Warriors probably going it's for tough five one straight. to swing a series. 
Well, you you're looking at me right now like you don't think there's any way that he should have been suspended. Do you think Silver made a mistake? I don't feel great about it. I I didn't I didn't like it at the time, and um, I was more mad at Draymond because that's what I mean. He got goaded into it, but I just I don't feel like shit. Like I don't feel like shit like that should decide a playoff series. I'm uh, still I still like some of the like the Sun Spurs stuff when. You know, Robert Horry throws Steve Nash against the scorer's table and it really looked like he hurt him. And these guys instinctively walk over a couple steps because their leader just got hurt. I just don't understand how you penalize people. Don't for you that. feel like, by the way, they've been more lenient with like the actual toe on the line yeah, thing? Yeah, I think they have. Toe That's the why they could have been away. lenient with that. All right, yeah. last question. This is a good one from Holden Kaywood. How Close. much would Zion fetch if there was no draft and Zion was just a free agent available to all 30 teams? Max. I agree. He'd get five years 240, right? Immediately? Well, he wouldn't be eligible for that one. No, uh, I'm saying I'm saying we're would throwing he get, out the if whole you could, system. All the rules? Yeah. Yeah, he would get that. What if we had no rules at all and we had no salary cap? What does he get? I don't even know because... Like, would like, the Knicks me, pay him seven years, $700 million? <laughs> no, ser- seriously. Is that a bad idea? That seems like a lot. Could you make that money back? Well, Se- those guys all say they're losing money all the time. Seven years, so. $700 million for Zion. Or like Brooklyn? Doesn't it feel like LeBron was worth $100 million a year? Yeah. Peak LeBron years. Forever. Right. I used to make that case all the time. Right. So, I always thought he was worth like $75 million a year easy. Because you could see from the evaluation of the Cavaliers when LeBron wasn't there versus when LeBron was there. We're talking about the value of the franchise. Yeah, the value of the franchise. All of a sudden, they were a $1.7 billion franchise because they had LeBron. Like, what's Curry been worth to the Warriors? They, they, Curry took a team that was worth, they paid $460, and now they're worth probably $3 billion. Yeah, but I mean, some of that too is just the TV contracts. Let's not. Some of it. Right. Let's not make it all like sometimes when I see those valuations and I'm like, wait a minute. So this team is now worth what? Like Forbes says it's worth a quarter of Forbes what it was does, worth. I, Forbes I is all over the place. I have yeah. a lot of, because they don't factor in the ego tax. Like the Knicks are probably worth two seven, but they would get four plus because somebody would want to own the Knicks and be the guy in New York. And hey, yeah, right. I own the Knicks. I'm Bob Johnson. Or yeah. These aren't, is. these aren't comps on Zillow. No. Um, all right. It's time for Jim Corner. Oh, okay. All right. So. Then we're wrapping up. This is it. Jim Corner's our closer until we figure out a Pod Strickland gimmick. Look, I'm um, I'm not so big as we all know. Like I'm normal, decent size, but I'm not like oh, you know, look at him at the gym at all. Not even even close. And so there's always a couple guys like that at the gym. And we used to have a guy back in uh, Connecticut who we said behind his back we called him Steroid Rick. But everybody liked him and he's yeah. the nicest guy. And like, he would, he would be like, how's it going? And like, I think he had like a torn bicep and I'm yeah. like, what happened there? He's like, oh, it was a brawl in the eighties. And <laughs> he was, he would, he got to the point and I'm kind of wanting to get there where I could wear just full blown tights, Yeah, but I'm just not there. And he started doing it. And, you know, he would just go, he would just like go. tights. Like he's like on, on a bobsled team. Yeah. No shorts. Just tights. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But he he worked for him. And then sometimes he'd wear like a big hoodie and then sometimes he, he would just wear like a stringer tee. Yeah. Stringer tank or something. 
And he, but he was always the he's the nicest guy in the gym because sometimes the big guy like each gym has their big guy. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't know what's going to happen. Like, is is this gym's big guy going to be cool and accepting? And like sometimes like I'll have issues with some male trainers, like some trainers where I've gone. They're like, oh, this guy like I just kind of put my head down and do my thing. And some people think like, oh, he thinks he's cool. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I, I do sometimes. <laughs> and then other guys are really friendly. And then I've, I've legitimately become friends with guys and, and hung out with them and stuff like this. But as I had first referenced him this way, as steroid Rick, I got this frantic call from another gym member being like, steroid Rick is looking for you and he's looking for your number. And he's like, he's pissed that you said that about him. Cause I don't even know if he's ever taken anything. He's just enormous. So yeah. it was just like a funny nickname. And I was, I was legitimately nervous cause I was home and there was a chance I was going to see him. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like, man, he's pretty big. And I'm like, am I really going to have to deal with this? And, and then what's your move? You go low. You go low and you knock him backwards and you hope like he hits his head as he's. As oh, I would try to get back. an elbow in there. I would throw like a feint or a fake jab or something. And I would know full blown like you're getting my right elbow as hard as you possibly can. Okay. And if that doesn't do anything to you, then I know I'm going to lose anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but if I get you. One shot. Right. I'm loading up on this right elbow. Right. With just because you're going to think it's a fist coming from somewhere. And I'm going to just going to I'm going to go. All right. This I wouldn't even want to do to somebody normally, but I have to do this to yeah, you. It's Stay Red Rick's right. trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> and so I was um, I, I admit I had like a little anxiousness about it. Yeah. And I was like, this is a weird feeling. I haven't felt this in the longest time, but I'm going to have to handle it. We'll see what happens. And he I go, hey, man, it's Rosillo. Um, I heard you're looking for me. <laughs> I was like, so just give me a call. Like, let me know what's up. And he calls me back and he's like, dude, are you kidding? He goes, greatest nickname ever. He's like, we're on the, he goes, we were at work. And he goes, I played it like 20 times. Everybody thinks it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> that's it. You yeah. didn't have to fight steroid Rick. No, I didn't have to fight him. Wow. We're, we're still good friends. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a happy ending. A great story. Jim Corner. <laughs> Exclusively here on Industry Night. <laughs> uh, BS podcast with carved up in segments. Uh, all right. Dual threat. You've come in this week or no? Yeah, we're going to do a dual threat where I think we're just going to kind of do like this free agency trade stuff. And then we'll get back to part three and part four of the backup QB stories, which has been awesome. Great. So, all right. Always a pleasure. You. See you next week. All right. Thanks so much to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to One Shiny Podcast. Don't forget to listen to all their March Madness content this week. I mean, if you care about winning money and gambling and daily fantasy and um, winning your pool, I would listen to those guys. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. They make it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who would like to book those rooms. Hotel Tonight, not just for last-minute bookings. Book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. Perfect for planners, procrastinators, everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. Back with two more podcasts this week. And don't forget about the rewatchables, the natural. And if you like sports rewatchables, the one we did on this podcast, the Ringer NFL show has the Seattle San Francisco 2013 title game up right now. If you want to check that out as well, back later, enjoy the first part of the week. <laughs>